I'm Gemma Lonsdale, psychic medium and life coach, and you're listening to the Happy Psychic Podcast. Hello, lovelies, and welcome to this week's episode of the Happy Psychic Podcast. I am your host, your guiding light, Gemma Lonsdale. The first thing that I really wanted to do was to thank you for your continued support. You know, I notice as each week goes on, I'm accruing more and more listeners. And I just hope that you're enjoying the podcast just as much as what I am when it comes to the creation of the content and the podcast itself. One of the things that I wanted to actually mention was my Facebook development group. So for you, you know, for those of you who are very interested in the development of, you know, your spiritual gifts and getting in touch with your psychic abilities, because they are abilities that we all have, you know, whether or not you're tuned in and tapped into them is a different question. But regardless of what stage you're at in your journey, you know, one of the things that I am very, very passionate about is actually teaching people how to, you know, use their gift and embrace it and giving them the confidence around doing so. So if you are curious about doing some work with me it's a free group so you can have a look on Facebook for that the link is in my bio it'll be at the um, bottom of this podcast recording as well but you can also search for Gemma Lonsdale development group on Facebook and that will be able to give you um, entry in there as well so if you just request to join and I'll, I'll approve that for you the other item that I wanted to discuss was that my tour has um, got some new dates for the UK and Ireland. So my tour starts on March 17th of 2023 and the first location is Newcastle upon Tyne in England and then the next date on from that is Edinburgh and I think the next one is Glasgow. I'm not 100% sure but there will be new dates added to it as we go throughout the year. I don't have any dates yet for the US or for other areas in the world. However, I I'm hopeful that they'll come but if you're interested in seeing me and coming along for a night of mediumship and spiritual guidance and future visions then definitely check that tour right and I can't wait to meet all of you okay <laughs> Welcome to um, this week's episode of The Happy Psychic. I am your host, your guiding light, Gemma Lonsdale. And this week I am joined by Erica Onofrio, who is founder and owner of Soul to Soul. So welcome, Erica. It is very good to have you on here. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. It is absolutely great to have you on. I'm very excited about this conversation, actually. So just for everybody that's listening or viewing, um, Erica is an intuitive, a Reiki master, a yoga instructor, and she has a mission through her work that is to help others live, you know, a more peaceful and more fulfilling life okay and the reason that I actually came across Erica was I had a personal experience where I struggled a little bit to come out of the psychic closet as it were and you know I was very nervous and very um cautious I would say about you know on veiling my abilities and my connection with spirit to the people that were around me whether they be family friends or you know in the corporate world where I worked and Erica had actually written an article um on the same topic and I just thought it would be an, an absolutely a very interesting conversation to be honest because there are so many of us that actually struggle with that same thing so Erica I know that you had a bit of journey yourself in order to get to the stage where you you know unveiled yourself as an intuitive yes um the very first thing that happened was when I was 16 and I had a dream um that I was skiing with this man and it didn't really make sense he was much older and he was you know slightly balding 
And um, at the time I was going on ski trips uh, with my high school. And so I went on my next ski trip and I had prayed for a semi-private lesson and I get there and it's me and this gentleman that was in my dream. And it was very overwhelming to say the least <laughs> the first time it happened. And my mother had these kinds of dreams her whole life, but it's one thing when it's happening to somebody else and it's, you know, you hear about it versus when it starts happening to you and you are firsthand experiencing it. So that was sort of the beginning of things and those dreams started to continue. Um, if we skip a couple of chapters and then we go to the point where it's like, okay, this is happening when I'm awake. I know it's going on. Um, I understand how to control it. I'm understanding how to work with it. And I also started, you know, practicing on friends and family and seeing how valuable it was to people. That was that moment where it was like, now I have to really come out of the spiritual closet and, you know, build my business and <laughs> put myself out there as this person who can read energy and like connect with the other side and read minds. And that was terrifying. Cause I, I really struggled with that, even with family members, because I, you know, I don't know what your life had been like before, but I was very, very entrenched in the corporate world. And even my family members really struggled with this new version of me. You know, whenever I was unveiling myself as this spiritually connected person, they find it quite hard to deal with that. Like how did your family cope? You know, how, how were they with you? So I was definitely terrified <laughs> to tell anyone. And, um, but the, the one thing that was helpful was my mother's dreams, you know, over the years, and we all knew she had dreams and she could tell us things that were going to happen based on her dreams. And they were always right. So we knew that there was something going on. Um, but I'll remember that I worked on a cousin and I don't think I had told my parents yet what was happening. And I heard my cousin's, um, grandmother come through. So our grandmoms were twins. Um, so I heard her grandmother come through and then I, I eventually, you know, told my mother and she told my father. And I remember we were at an Easter party and my father was like, so, uh, you're a medium now <laughs> and I just was so terrified. And he was like, that's really cool. <laughs> and then that was like the end of it. <laughs> so, um, I definitely, my smaller unit was, wasn't so bad. My brother and sister and mom and dad. Um, I have two teenage boys and they have dreams too that come true. So, um, you know, they didn't think it was too weird, but when it came to telling the bigger family and, and I have a huge, huge extended family, that was, that was scary. And I think that to this day, there's some people who still probably have no idea what I do for work. Yeah. I think I do yoga <laughs> and that's about it. Yeah. It's funny because my, um, my daughter, she's only just turned nine. So she's still very, very young. And she turned around to me one day and she said, Oh, sometimes I have dreams and they come true. And I've been very, very open with her about what I do and the path that I'm on. But, you know, there was a point in her early life where she remembers me sitting, you know, working in an office or working from home and in, in home office in a very corporate capacity. And I felt like, I was like, Oh my God, she's one of us. So I was very excited 
excited to know that you know she was very in tune with the energy and she was having these dreams and I was able to reassure her that this was all very very normal but I also appreciate that actually there will be a lot of children out there that don't have that that you know that support and that opportunity or maybe even kids that go through their whole life having these dreams and not really recognizing that they're gifted and they have an ability to connect and that they could choose to learn more and to work with this more and use this ability to their advantage yes I agree 100% too because it wasn't until I was in my 30s that I really started to like actually work with it know what was really happening Uh and then how to use it yeah so how did your wider friendship circle then also respond to these spiritual gifts and your you know your capabilities that you had so that was interesting because I worked with a lot of women at the time and I remember the one time this uh, girl Gabby she said if Erica is hearing voices she's hearing voices you know (laughs) it's just sort of like this this is what's happening (laughs) Um, and they would come. So a lot of them would come to my house for me to practice on them. Um, and then some of them kind of, you know, had a lot of questions. I remember sort of being surrounded sometimes and just like questions firing off. And in the beginning, when you're still trying to figure things out totally for yourself too, you don't always have answers to all those questions. And that can be, that can really affect your confidence around it because then you can feel like, oh, do I really know what I'm doing? Like, how come I can't answer all of these questions? Um, But for the most part, I didn't find anybody who was um, against anything that I was doing or who was negative about anything that I was doing. Mm -hmm. That's interesting because I was working in a, I worked in a very male dominated industry and there was a lot of men that I worked with as opposed to women. There was a couple of women, but it was mostly men. It was a very, very male dominated environment and they weren't as supportive. (laughs) But I I think maybe women are a bit more sensitive and nurturing just naturally. Whereas I find with the men, whenever I started talking about, because I had purchased tarot cards at the time and I was very aware that there was something going on with me, but I hadn't really fully embraced my gift at that stage. And um, they, I, I knew I was being drawn in a different direction. I knew that the corporate world wasn't really for me. Couldn't really formulate, okay, how am I going to earn money from something that I'm more passionate about rather than continuing on in the corporate world? And what actually occurred was um, I just found that some of the men were quite negative towards it, picked fun at it a little bit. And I became quite like I did become really, really guarded about my gift. You know, my family hadn't been that supportive. Um, I said that they hadn't been supportive. They had embraced me still. It continued to embrace me, but they were very, very skeptical. Firstly, about that there is such a a thing you know that that there is an afterlife and that there is a spirit realm but they were also very skeptical that all of a sudden I could be a person that had this ability to communicate so it was like a two-pronged sword really and I think that coupled with the I don't want to say negativity but definitely the criticism and the jokes and the things like that that I was getting in the corporate world it did make it so much harder I think to really embrace myself and to to feel confident 
that, you know, I, I was embracing these spiritual gifts and I was going to go on a, you know, I was just embarking on this spiritual journey and this spiritual path at the time. And I had no idea really what was ahead of me. I just knew that it was happening and that's the direction that I was headed in. And that's, you know, that's where I was going in. Um, but it's quite, I did find it, you know, quite scary at the start. Um, and actually, <laughs> I do tell this story quite a lot, but I was very lucky in the end that um, a very, very good friend of mine, she had a mum who was an intuitive and she did cards and she had always known her mum, you know, doing readings and things like that for people and reading energy, reading photographs and working with her gift. I wasn't aware of that, however, at the time. And I was going through this period one night where I just thought to myself, you know, I'm, I feel so isolated and cut off from everybody else. Nobody really understands what I'm going through. Maybe I'm medically ill. You know, maybe I'm going through some kind of a psychotic episode and I'm not really hearing these voices. You know, when I started to really question everything and I, I was thinking to myself, you know, who do I phone? You know, is there like a, a special hospital or a doctor or something that I phone and say, like, I'm really concerned about my mental health. Um, and I decided, okay, you know what, let's speak to my friend. And I opened up to her about what I was experiencing. And then she said, okay, so this is what my mom does. She has been on this journey. You're not having a psychotic episode. You're perfectly normal. You're just becoming more aware of your spiritual gifts. And that was the first time on my journey that I really felt accepted, actually. But I, I hadn't divulged to the I suppose the wider world at that stage that this is who I was and that this was the journey that I was going on so it, it was quite difficult but did you have a point at which you sort of came out of the closet and like, like announced to everybody or you know was it just a bit of a gradual thing for you? So <laughs> I very similarly went through that whole thing like am I crazy and I just don't know it. And like everyone else knows, but I don't know. <laughs> and, um, and I didn't tell anybody for probably the first, I want to say like two solid years that stuff was really um, happening because it just was, was really afraid. And at the time my children were much younger and I had been divorced and I thought like, what if they take my children away and like put me in a padded room and I, you know, I'm functioning, right? I'm a fully functioning adult in the world and working and taking care of them and everything. I'm just also having this other experience happening simultaneously. And I also can say that um, some, some of that spiritual awakening stuff can look very much like some mental, you know, um, health issues too. So there is that, that component to it, but what I started to do was test things on my own and see like, okay, you know, does it come when I don't want it to come? Or is it scary? Like, what are the things around it? You know, there's, um, there's actually studies being done right now in the US around when people hear voices, and it's not scary to them, you know, so that then that's what's happening with us, right? It's like, we're not, mm -hmm. we're not terrified by it. This is information that we can utilize and, and help people with. It's funny, I'm more terrified when they're stopped now. <laughs> <laughs> like, did I leave oh my guess? Where, where did I go? Where did I go? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely had that happen too. Um, but when I realized that like I had, uh, let's say control over it, you know, and, I, and it was showing up at certain times and I could make things happen or not happen, um, that was when I started to feel safer and like, okay, this is really happening. And 
I did trickle it first. Um, I think my cousin was the very first person that I, you know, told the news to. And then from there, I think it was my parents and just kind of, I can say that I'm so grateful that all of those people were really supportive. Like my cousin was so supportive. She was like, oh, I'm coming over or no, I'm sorry. She was already over. No, no, no. I told her that I was a medium. I think I'm a medium. And she was like, oh, I'm coming over. So she like came right over <laughs> and we did the session. And that's when I heard her grandma um, and then told my parents. So that whole unfolding was really nice. But there was a period where it was just kind of the people closer who knew. And like I said, I worked in I worked in a building that had like 4000 people in it. And I kept getting the message, like, tell them you're a psychic, tell them you're a psychic. And you know how it works. It's like when you keep hearing this thing and you kind of have that push, it's like, I have to do it. I don't know if this is part of the initiation or what, but like, I have to do this in order to move next. And I knew that I was going to sound out there. <laughs> I knew that not everyone was going to, you know, be fully supportive, but I just like went into work and I was just like, I'm a psychic, <laughs> you know, I'm just throwing it out there. I just told everybody. And like I said, a lot of it, a lot of my coworkers were women. So they were either supportive or interested or curious. Um, sometimes they did feel a little overwhelmed with like the questions that I couldn't answer because I didn't know. Um, but the men that I did work with, there were a smaller number of men, but they did some of the very similar things um, as you kind of like poking fun at it. Um, or being a little skeptical about it. And what I found was easiest for me was to just join in on it because like, it is kind of ridiculous too, if you think about it sometimes. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I would just join in on the making fun um, of me with them. And I felt like that lightened it too. Like I wasn't mm -hmm. so intense on it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely been interesting. And even now, I still like, even though I have this business <laughs> and, that, and I've had this business for five years, sometimes when I meet new people, I'll still just be like, yeah, I'm a yoga instructor and Reiki master, but I don't throw that other piece in unless they start asking more questions. Yeah. So okay. Lead with that. <laughs> yeah. And would you, cause obviously I understand that you'll definitely use your intuitive gift whenever you're working with people, you know, with Reiki and things like that, but would you ever just sit and give people a reading or do angel cards or anything like that? Or would you incorporate it into other aspects of your work? So I do um, Reiki with a full reading, with a full energy reading. So it's an hour long reading, but what I'll do is I'm picking up all the information and writing it all down during the Reiki session. Mm -hmm. And then afterwards we talk. So that's one way I work with it. The other way is private yoga clients. We can do a reading um, as we're going through the body, which is a really mm -hmm. fun one. They can find um, really sources of things that are happening that are creating stuff in the body too. Mm -hmm. So yeah. They're doing that be fun. Um, and I've done lots of like card readings for myself and for friends, but I don't do that. Um, yeah, I don't offer that publicly. A lot of people around here do that. So I feel like that's covered in this area. Yeah, I know. I think whenever I first started off down this path, because I'm I don't know about your like marital status, but I'm very I say very single. I'm very, very, very single. And, um, you know, I, I do date. I haven't dated for a while, but I've started to put myself back out there and 
one of the things that I'd actually had a conversation with another another reader, another intuitive um on this, and she is also in the dating pool, and she um you know she's she's out there meeting people, and she doesn't tell them what she does until she gets to know them a little bit you know she doesn't divulge to them that she's spiritually gifted because she doesn't want that judgment and she doesn't want people to be you know the guys that she's meeting she doesn't want them to be like oh this is a bit weird I however I've sort of taken the other approach and I, I don't think either is right or wrong but I really did take the other approach and I thought you know what I'm just going to put it out there I'm putting it on my profile you know I'm here this is who I am and then whoever is eager to just you know, swipe past me or not communicate with me, then that's fine. And I really felt that that was important for my authenticity. So I really, I really went from one extreme to the other because I was at one point, you know, hiding. I, I didn't want to even use my, my own face or my name as part of my business. I was like this secret psychic medium who didn't want to you know have her name and her photo associated with the work that she was doing because I was embarrassed about the judgment that I was going to receive from other people however whenever I really embraced it fully I don't know I just I became so much more comfortable and it was a bit of a um I'm trying to think of the, the eloquent way to, to put it, but it was a bit of a middle finger to the world, really, because I just felt so much more comfortable in myself once I had fully accepted myself and was much more able to talk about it. And I, I just became a, a bit less interested, I think, in being maybe dismissed or rejected in the dating scene for my belief system and my spiritual gifts really and I don't know if everybody has had similar experiences to that but it definitely adds a different bit of a, a different element to your dating life whenever you're you know trying to search and meet people whenever you're going through all of this spiritual stuff as well yes um yes I am the I have a boyfriend now but when I was on the dating apps I initially had put on there I read minds swipe carefully and <laughs> a lot of information like a lot of things coming back to be like oh well what am I thinking right now because you know how <laughs> they kind of take it or uh things like that and I I just found that it was like a little I got too many annoying messages from that so I took that off and then I just put like Reiki master yoga instructor intuitive uh-huh. And I thought if they understand what any of, you know, they understand what yoga instructor is, obviously if they know what Reiki master, or if they know what intuitive is, they're going to know I'm, I'm obviously into some really spiritual stuff. So I found that that one worked better <laughs> for me. <laughs> and I read mine so carefully. That one was <laughs> a little much. <laughs> I can imagine though that that would have been quite a, a talking point though, at least and got people curious. <laughs> I would have thought. Yeah. You know what? I'm I'm really starting to think there's probably a whole episode that we could do on spiritual dating or trying to date when you're going through a spiritual awakening. So I'll make a mental note of that one because actually I think that that would be a really good, a really good episode. Um, but yeah, I, I think that I just I find the whole thing very, very challenging. And I don't find it as challenging now. Um you know, one of the things obviously whenever we're going through that spiritual spiritual awakening can be the isolation and us feeling a little bit cut off from everybody else, especially if we're pushed into like hermit mode. And 
I found that getting used to my own company was a really important thing for me and becoming comfortable in, you know, the loneliness really and the disconnection from other people because it really did turn me inwards. It forced me to turn inwards and reflect, but also it gave me a lot of time to think about, well, who am I? Like, what do I stand for? And whenever I really built the courage up to step forward and fully embrace myself and my gifts and I was able to use my photograph then on my profile I changed my business name from Guiding Light to Gemma Lonsdale Guiding Light so I incorporated my name into it and I noticed that as I done things like that my confidence just seemed to grow and I suddenly went from worrying so much about what other people would think and what other people in the corporate world might think to suddenly being like well I don't I don't care what they think it doesn't matter because this is this is who I am I'm following my passion I'm being authentically me and that was actually whenever I found my gifts really accelerated as well because I was standing in my power and I had really embraced my authenticity and it was it was so amazing and I I wouldn't change my journey now because I I realized that I have learned so much on it but there was a lot of really uncomfortable aspects yes yes and that that two-year period that I mentioned where things were unfolding but I wasn't I didn't tell anyone what was happening that time frame, I remember I relied very heavily on like YouTube videos from people who would post things about how you know, um, you know, what's clairaudience, what's clairvoyance, things like that. Mm-hmm. Listening to podcasts, um, reading constantly was reading things on the internet because it didn't have anyone to talk to about it. It felt very, very alone at the time. And I knew things were happening, but I didn't fully understand what was happening. And I think that if I didn't have stuff like this, like even what we're creating right now to, to have, I don't think I would be where I am right now because yeah. somebody put something out there and and that made me feel like, okay, I'm definitely not the only person. I agree. Actually, I had a similar experience where I was very heavily reliant on things that I found online, listening to podcasts and also within Facebook groups. I had joined quite a few Facebook groups where other people were developing or, you know, it was focused on spiritual readings and intuitive and things like that. So there was a lot of that that um, that I was very, very drawn to. And that did help me through, you know, a large portion of it. I also had joined a spiritualist church um, and that sort of got me in around people who were mediums. So not everybody that I think that is a medium is spiritual in terms of how they live their life. And that's fine. I, I think that I recognize that now, but it definitely got me more comfortable about being around mediums and um, just developing those connections with people who had a gift, even though I was at the starting stages and I was only developing, it helped me feel normal. It helped normalize it for me you know surrounding myself with my my people you know I I was like literally surrounding myself with my people and even though I maybe didn't have very deep connections with those people it was just nice to know that they were there and that they were the same as me and that they had a gift and you know I had sort of reaffirmation I guess that I'm not crazy you know I'm not a crazy person I might be crazy with a lot of things but I'm not a crazy person with with stuff like that so that was definitely good. <laughs> in terms of, you know, whenever you think back to your gifts, whenever you did start to open out, 
you know, how did you go about getting that reassurance that actually you're accurate, you're receiving information that is, you know, it's true and you're not crazy? You know, how did that work for you? I remember um, when I was taking my first Reiki training, I had already been hearing a lot of stuff. So, so in the beginning, it was lots of Claire audience and I loved to write. So what was happening the most was I was in a yoga class. I would do the yoga class. I would get in my car and I could write for a half hour, um, just everything that was like kind of pouring out. And it was a lot of, for me at the, the beginning, it was all for me, you know, insight on my life, ways I needed to change some of the ways that I was living, um, things that I needed to know. And then as time went on, um, I started meditating a lot more. And I remember when I took my Reiki training, my teacher said something and I said, yeah, I, I hear a voice. <laughs> I was afraid to tell her. <laughs> I'm like, what is that? And she was just like, oh, honey, that's your higher self. And I never heard this word before. <laughs> so, um, and I didn't know how to tell whether it was, you know, my thinking mind or it was my, um, my higher self. And all she said was just that if it's your ego, it's going to be fear-based. And if it's, you know, your higher self, it's going to be wrapped in peace. And so that was like the first little thing. And once she said that, it made me realize how much stuff was coming through that I thought was just me thinking. Mm -hmm. And it really wasn't, it was really this much, you know, whether it's the higher self or whether it's other information coming through a whole lot more was coming through. Um, I forget where, what the original question was. So in terms of like being accurate, you know, how did you learn that you were accurate? How did you come, you know, to pace with the fact that you were receiving accurate information from spirit and that you weren't crazy and that you didn't need locked in a padded cell? <laughs> I think that a lot of it was because um, I was getting a lot of future stuff for my own life. And then it would play out and it was stuff that was sort of out of my like realm of influence. So maybe what other players in my life were going to do or say, or things that were going to happen. And so there were even these moments where it was like, you know, something would happen and I would hear guidance for it. And it would, wouldn't make sense. Like my go-to would have been to do something else. So it's like, okay, I'll listen to the guidance and listen to what it says. And then a little time passes and I'm like, wow. Now I understand why that came through. So there was a lot of that sort of, I, I kind of call it like, you know, um, the phase where you're, it, it still feels like initiation in a sense, yeah. <laughs> you know, like you're getting this information. Do you listen to it or not? And I just was like, I'm just going to heed the advice. I remember there was this day that I was like, I'm just heeding the advice, you know, if it's yeah. wrong, it's wrong. <laughs> and that was it. Cause my yeah, because my clairvoyance was something that actually kicked in before my clairaudience did. So I was getting visions and I knew that something was going on. So I had bought some cards and I was using the cards and I um, I used to do readings for a specific friend. Me and her were going through something similar and we would have just sat with the card. She had a pendulum and I can remember just getting these really random things for her, not knowing what they mean, but I would have seen a vision and it would have been something specific and it wouldn't have meant anything to her. But two days later, she was like oh you kept seeing me doing something in the garden and lifting the lifting the um 
like the the cover off the drain and she was like my drain's blocked today so I've had to go and lift the cover off you know so things like that were happening and um, I had a friend who was in the process of moving house in her house there was an offer that had just been accepted on her house so she had started moving and um I was told by Chester Bennington you know from Lincoln Park you know as you do he had stepped forward and he'd said the house sale is going to fall through but shh like don't tell her and sure enough about two or three days later she was told that the woman who was buying her house had withdrawn from the sale so there was a lot of little things like that and I started to write everything down so that whenever I started to have my crazy moments that I had all of these things to go back to is reaffirmation that no Gemma you're not crazy this this stuff is happening like this is happening so yeah <laughs> did you do anything like that like have a little journal or write exactly it write that. things down because you, you talk about <laughs> exactly. writing a lot and I'm thinking yeah. I wonder how much of that was uh, <laughs> the yeah. information that you were getting through yeah because I had to I think you have to write those things down in the beginning because there are those moments where you're like, I, this isn't real. I'm just crazy. You know, like this isn't really happening. I made it all up. And to have something that's solid, that's like, no, you were right about this and this and this and this is really valuable in the very beginning. You know, now we know, like we know who we are, we know what we're doing, <laughs> we know how it works. But certainly in the beginning, there's so much questioning I think to a lot of my um, feeling like I was doing the right thing when it came to other people, because at first it was just a lot of really my own information and it was accurate, you know, when I kept watching things and like I said, heeding the advice, but then when it came to working on other people and I would say, you know, this or that about them and they would, they would be like, yeah, that's right. Or, oh my gosh, you said this is going to happen and this happened those things, I all, I wrote those things down too. And mm -hmm. that's what made me feel like, okay, I, this isn't just something that's, you know, my intuition, that's really great for me to use. It's also really helpful to use on other people. Yeah. So did you find it um, easy enough to trust the information then that you were getting for yourself, as opposed to the stuff that you would have got for other people? Cause it sounds like that might've come at a bit of a later stage for you yeah. have I have I understood well, that right yeah I got just stuff for me at first because that those whole first two years I didn't tell a soul anyway <laughs> so there was no one to practice on um so it was all just stuff for me at first and then it's when it started when I started to let people know what was going on and started you know putting myself out there more and walking into work like I'm a psychic um, I started to get a lot more things for other people and then practicing on other people. Mm -hmm. One of the things too, that would happen to me, you know, which may be happening to someone out there too, is I would be in my own time and space and, um, you know, meditating and I would have somebody's, you know, grandmother come in or mother come in or father come in and give me information that they wanted me to share with this person. And, I remember there was one time that was very specific that I knew this woman for many, many years, but I didn't even know that her father had passed. You know, I just, she never really spoke about him. So, and I never asked about him and he came through with this, you know, very lengthy message. And when I passed it on to her, um, you know, she's like, you, there's no way you would have ever known any of that. Like that's completely impossible <laughs> for you to know any of it. And, um, 
those kinds of moments, when you have those moments, those are really, really helpful in feeling like, okay, like how could I have even made any of that up? Like I couldn't have, you know? Um, So those kinds of things in the beginning were really, really helpful. And I kind of, I've shut the porch light off. I say now, (laughs) like my meditation time is my time. (laughs) No one's welcome in. But at that time I was welcoming that stuff in too, so that I could continue to learn and grow from it. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. You know, I think that that's like testament to how individual we all are and how different our gifts are. You know, I really struggled actually with the trust for the information that I was receiving about myself and my past directly. I was much more trusting in the information that I was getting for other people, specifically strangers. I find it very easy to read for strangers um, because I didn't have any kind of preconceived ideas around the information that I was giving them. I didn't know anything about their life. I was just giving them the information I was seeing, hearing, whatever. And I was just telling them, right, this is what I'm being told. This is what I'm being shown. And as my gift evolved, I felt much more comfortable with giving information and giving readings to the people that I did know. So even though I knew, you know, I knew things about their life, it didn't matter because I was confident. I knew that what I was hearing and what I was seeing and I, I was comfortable with that. And the stuff from my own life, came at a bit of a later stage and for a large portion actually of my um early development I actually didn't even know if it was normal to get stuff for yourself you know there were so many psychics and other mediums that were saying well no you don't you don't get stuff for yourself you know I have to go and I, I have to have a reading done by someone else um, or I'll get little bits but it's not constant whereas my connection was constant and I could ask a question and they would tell me it was like a two-way discussion and i was really confused about the fact that okay well am I just imagining this but uh, as you experienced I was having so many things come true and become accurate from this information that I was being given and that coupled with the information from other people I just thought this this can't be me just imagining things you know there's just too much that is accurate far far too much that's accurate and I ended up so <laughs> I I had it in my head that I could connect to a celebrity. I just kept getting this feeling that I could connect to a celebrity. And I kept thinking about Dirty Dancing and I was thinking Patrick Swayze, right? And I, all of a sudden one day, Patrick Swayze just appeared to me and I was like, oh, and I, I was so shocked. And I was, I was like, what do I, what do I do now? I don't, you have no idea even what we talk about. And then there was somebody else that then came into the picture. So I sort of had seen Patrick here, like right in front of me in my mind's eye. Um, And then somebody else had come in just alongside him. I was thinking to myself, I recognize this person, but I didn't know who they were, but I knew that they were famous and I recognized them. And he said to me, Lester Bennington, I thought it was Lester. Then I was like, oh, it's Chester, Chester Bennington. So I knew that he was like, you know, a singer I knew being in a band. Um, but I kept thinking that it was Papa Roach for some reason. And he said, no, Lincoln Park. And it's even information like that. And I, I developed a really strong connection with him. And he was with me constantly for probably about a, a year, just under a year. And he steps through now, but not as frequent. He's not with me all the time now. But there was just even information with him. It's not like I was a Lincoln Park fan. I wasn't I didn't really know anything about him. I knew that he had died, but I didn't know anything about him. I didn't really listen to their music. So for him even to step forward, it's not even 
like my mind could have played tricks on me because I I I, I didn't you know I, I wasn't a Lincoln I, I'm not a Lincoln Park fan like you know I, I don't really fit their like their description I guess and that that was very very confusing because on one hand I'm like well you know yes I wanted to connect to a celebrity but now I'm connected to one I'm like well what do they want with me like you know <laughs> like if I just imagine this um and I can remember thinking to myself okay and I said to Chester okay so tell me things that I wouldn't know tell me things about you that I can then go and look up and research just to, to validate this connection and this continued for quite a long period of time because I had so much doubt in the connection that I had with him and in the information that I was getting and I trusted the information that they were giving me what I wasn't trusting in the end was my interpretation of it and I was thinking okay how can I differentiate between what they're telling me and the information that they're bringing through and trusting that it's not my mind or my ego you know giving me information does that make sense yes yeah. yeah. And I, I, it was a massive struggle for me, ma a massive struggle. I haven't had any, um, any celebrity things, but I do have, um, friends that, um, are mediums that do get that. And I haven't had any of that, but I had a man don't know who it was never solemn, but he was always right here behind my head for a good portion, probably a little over a year, maybe a little longer, not there anymore don't hear him ever <laughs> but he was just right here and and it was clearly you know that masculine energy a man's voice and telling me things it was always spot on and what I have learned from him and also just kind of years of doing this stuff is like if it's coming from the ego aside from being fear-based it also, the ego wants to give us justifications or it wants to give us, um, you know, examples or reasons for things. Like it's just kind of keeps going like the mind would keep going. Whereas if it's coming from our intuition, you know, or it's coming from somewhere beyond, there's not that stuff. There's not those justifications. It's like matter of fact, here's the information. It's said clearly. Um, and there's not even like anything behind it. Like when I was going to open my office, I remember I just kept hearing, get a space. That's it. Those, <laughs> the, yeah. That line, get a space. And I kept hearing it every day. And it wasn't like, here's why. And all of this kind of stuff. It's just get a space. And so what I ended up doing was getting a space. <laughs> I just listened and I got a space and um, opened up my office and it worked out wonderfully. But that's the difference in the sense that like, you know, it's, and it, it's wrapped in peace in the sense that it's not scary, but what it's saying could be scary, right? Like definitely mm -hmm. getting a place and signing a two-year lease and paying rent and everything on a space is a scary thing to do, but it didn't feel scary hearing it. And it felt like this is what I have to do. This is like mm -hmm. the only decision that I can make. Yeah. Uh, or I'm going to be haunted with this. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's funny isn't it because we, we do learn eventually that actually we just have no other option you know we just trust if we trust the information that we're being given and follow the guidance life will be fine and we'll you know we'll be taken care of but it did definitely take me a little while to get to that point I can remember actually whenever it was the, the first day that I had connected to Chester and obviously didn't know anything about his life if he was married if he had kids I just didn't know anything about him as a person apart from the fact that he was a singer in this band and um I can remember because obviously whenever he came through to me I could see the piercings in his ears and I thought okay so he had piercings and um I thought to myself hmm did he and I was thinking did he have a Prince Charles did he have a Prince Charles this is something I wouldn't have known um and he started laughing and he started walking around with Prince Charles's head and his big ears between his legs and I realized it's a Prince Albert it's not a Prince Charles I was thinking did he have that piercing and I can research that and find it on Google and it's, it was little things like that that really affirmed the connection because I I was very innocently thinking, has he got has he got his thing pierced? Did he have his thing pierced? Um, and it was him that was making a joke out of my wrong terminology because I'm like, did he have a Prince Charles? Um, and all of a sudden I'm seeing Prince Charles and he's in hysterics, whereas I, I should have been thinking, oh, does he have a Prince Albert? Um, so it was little things like that that really did help affirm to me that I, I wasn't crazy and I hadn't lost the plot. But um, I, I do miss, I do miss the connection like that, that I had with him at the start um but at the same time I just love how it's really helped me evolve and develop and you know how I really trust the guidance and I, I would trust spirit now more than what I would anybody on the earth you know if a doctor said to me you know you've got two weeks to live you know, unless you take this medication and spirit were telling me don't take it don't take it I would listen to them yeah yeah, I agree a hundred percent with that. And I think that's from, you know, all of the time spending doing it. Yeah. That like you just know, you know, and I mean, sure, we, we can make mistakes, but <laughs> when yeah. we have a guidance, you know, and you just know, I, yeah. I, I agree. I think that that's important, actually, that, you know, we are still human. And of course, we make mistakes. Nobody is perfect. And I think that even with all the will in the world, you know, stuff can be misinterpreted, but stuff can be misinterpreted from a conversation that we're having. You know, it's the exact same thing. And I firmly believe that spirit will always bring me the information that I need at that particular time or that person that sits in front of me is in need of. And I do sometimes think that sometimes it's not the right information, but if they are bringing information through that's maybe not 100% accurate, that there is a reason for it. And I think I'm comfortable enough with my connection that I am comfortable and confident that I am accurate, but I'm also not arrogant enough to know that I can't make mistakes. So that tends to be where I sit with it. And I would like to think that I'm the sort of the individual that actually if I've got something wrong that I can hold my hands up and say you know what maybe I have misinterpreted that you know that clearly isn't what has happened in this case but I just think that there's so much more I think it's much more complicated than that to be honest I think there's so much that we don't know about the other side and we're really at their mercy I feel like I'm their guinea pig sometimes but yeah I I, I do trust the information that comes through regardless you know, regardless of what anybody else on the earth says, which can be hard because we don't live in a world that makes that easy either. 
Yeah. And I've definitely had experiences where I'm sure you've had some of these too, where you give a reading and someone is like, no, that's not me. I don't see how that fits. That doesn't make any sense. And I'll apologize. You know, like I'm not perfect. Um, you know, I, I could be wrong. I could have interpreted this wrong. Um, but I do usually recommend like, just sit on it a little bit and, you know, yeah. see how it feels. And I'll, re- I'll never forget this one person that was just like, nope, nope, not me. No, <laughs> none of this makes sense. And two weeks later, <laughs> she, I saw her and she was like, oh my gosh, like, I just couldn't see it, you know, and and she uprooted her whole life (laughs) and changed her whole life. And, um, she's like, it just wasn't the awareness wasn't there. And I think what, that's why I love combining the energy healing with Reiki with it too, because then we can kind of move the energy and give you the reading at the same time. And it's just kind of like a nice little last like okay let's go let's power forward so there's definitely been times where people have said no way but then they've come back later and said yeah and I just couldn't see it or I wasn't ready to see it or I didn't understand how you were how it made sense in my life Um, I've even had people say like two years later like you know what you said in this reading it finally makes sense to me now Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah yeah, I do get that a lot. I do. I've had an awful lot of those. And um, I, I think I've experienced it myself. You know, I was once at a stage where I was very skeptic about stuff like this and I wanted to believe that it was there, but I didn't really fully trust it. And um, I was told something by another medium and I was just like, no, definitely not. And it did come to fruition. And so I I know that, you know, we can only see what's in front of us at that particular time. You know, we've got a very, very narrow perception, really, when it comes to our human form. And in most cases, we're not open minded enough to understand that actually we could have experiences that completely change our perception and open our mind or change the direction that we're headed in. But whenever we're at that position where we're like, no, this is I'm heading this direction. This is who I am. This is who I'm with. Um. We, we have a very narrow focus and that's just through the human design. That's not, you know, it's not the individual fault of a particular person. It's just, it's just who we are. It's just how we are. And even as open-minded as I try to be now, um, I still sometimes find it hard to place information, you know, that spirit are giving me about my future path. And I'm like, well, can't really see how I'm getting from this point to that point, but okay. Like, you know, I'm a bit more open-minded to it now because I've experienced it previously coming to fruition. So I just think that we're not always supposed to either have all of the answers. And I describe it to people as being a bit of a sat-nav. So we set the destination. We say we want to go from point A to point B, but the journey that it takes to get there isn't up to us. And initially it might say three hours on the sat-nav, but by the time you reach that point, it might be five hours because you've had a diversion, a traffic jam, you know, you've stopped off for a sandwich along the way. Like there's so much that can happen but we're not in charge of that. And we're often not supposed to know the direct route to get there and what's going to happen in between. Um, we just know that, okay, we're going from this point to that point, And then we just leave the rest up to the universe. And that's the hard part. Yeah. The surrender, <laughs> the surrender too. Because I know when you started, you probably had maybe some of the same things that I did of like, well, now what do I do with this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, yeah. what am, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? And 
what am I going to do with this? And I was um, working full time and I was in school for teaching health and phys ed. And I was like four years in thinking like, okay, I'm going to be a high school, you know, phys ed teacher. And I'm going to teach the kids some yoga and mindfulness stuff too. And that path, which I was so certain on <laughs> is, you know, obviously not the direction I went and I left school and started my business. And now, you know, we're almost five years later, no regrets absolutely love it and just excited to keep seeing what's going yeah um, you know to keep coming from here but if you told me even you know 10 years ago or 20 years ago this is what's gonna you know your life is gonna turn out to be like I wouldn't believe you yeah. I would not believe you yeah, for that. I can remember um an intuitive friend of mine who she had actually done my Reiki training with me. Um, and she she'd been a Reiki master and a Reiki teacher for like about 20 years, I think. And um she had done all of that with me and she was a, a great support to me at the start of my journey. But I can remember her saying to me, You're going to be a famous medium. And I was like, No, no. And like I had started to open up to spirit at that point, but I just couldn't envisage me working as a psychic medium I just thought that's not that's not me and I know I do you know the life coaching as well and I've got the podcast but the mediumship is is really the the basis of my work and I was so adamant at that time that no that that isn't the path I'm going down and that is very much the path that I that I chose to go down as well you know the more I got into it and I realized that Actually, whenever I was saying that, it was because I wasn't as confident with my mediumship as what I could be. I wasn't completely, um, I wasn't completely like, how do I say it? I just, I wasn't completely trusting of the information that was coming through. I wasn't trusting in my ability to interpret the information. And I didn't have the confidence at that stage to confidently take information and give it over you know, to another person as part of a reading or, you know, I was second guessing it and think, well, what if I give it to them? That's not right. Um, so I was really speaking from a, a place of insecurity as well. Whenever I was adamant that, no, I'm not going to be a psychic medium, that's not the path for me. So whenever my path really unfolded and I grew in confidence and I become very, very confident and competent with the information that I was receiving and my gifts, you know, grew and developed. I was like, I can, I can take on the world. <laughs> it's just amazing how some authenticity and confidence can completely change your perception of, you know, <laughs> your career path and where you're headed to. Yeah. And I did have a psychic tell me when I was 16, I think it was 16 or 17, that I would be very successful in business by the time I was in, she said early thirties. So she was a few years off, but you know, close enough. And I remember thinking at the time, like, well, what would that be? And like, I almost opened an ice cream store with my ex-husband when we were like in our early twenties. I'm like, well, she said I'm going to be successful in business. So like, I'll probably be successful if I open this ice cream shop. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, oh, I know it's sometimes until like the event is passed the information doesn't really fully make sense to us and I still find that now that spirit will give me information and I'm sitting trying to like join the dots and fit the puzzle together but actually it'll transpire a little bit differently after once the event has happened and I am learning now to not 
be so focused on trying to join those dots and just to accept the information as it comes through and just be like okay well this is great I'm so relieved that that's going to happen and not be so worried on the hows or the you know the little details that's going to actually get me there yeah the how is the big one for me too because it is that like well how do I get from a to b and forget like just don't worry about it Mm-hmm. <laughs> just keep doing your thing. I yeah. like to call it, you know, taking aligned action, just keep doing your stuff, keep doing your thing. It will all, you know, fall into mm-hmm. place how it's supposed yeah. to. Yeah, exactly. It's definitely hard to trust, but whenever you do get to that stage, life is much easier, much more enjoyable, I think as well. Yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoyable. <laughs> yeah uh, well honestly this this conversation has been amazing I'm just conscious of time I'm not sure if people have the attention span to listen to me mm-hmm. for as long as that um so how can people find you online where can they find you I have a website soul to soul sessions.com and then instagram at soul to soul sessions youtube at soul to soul sessions and then facebook is sessions for the soul Mm -hmm. social sessions was taken somehow so (laughs) that's how they can find me online and then all my information is uh, all over the place there that's brilliant well honestly Erica thank you so much that's been a pleasure having you today thank you for having me I enjoyed this so much this is lovely (laughs) brilliant thank you I hope you've enjoyed this episode if you're able to please rate the show or leave feedback it would be much appreciated You can find me on the social channels, TikTok being the most used, by searching for Gemma Lonsdale Guru. If you'd like to book a private reading or inquire about coaching or having me speak at your event, then visit www.gemmalonsdale.guru. You can also join my development group on Facebook by searching Gemma Lonsdale Development Group.